You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 45. I'm your host, Andres Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelena Levin and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Howdy! Yay! Howdy! Howdy doody! That's a very Swedish way to g- greet people. You know what? I'm pretty sure you're in Texas. Yeah, I'm, te- I'm in Texas. I haven't been home since QED. I flew to Texas, to Dallas after, the, after QED last week. And I'm going back today, actually. I'll go back this week. And you're a bloody hero <laughs> getting up that early in the morning just to, to do the, the recording. Because for you, dear listeners, this is a Saturday afternoon in the UK. But that means in Texas, it's bloody seven o'clock. Early morning. In the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, so you're a hero. No, that's fine. I'm I'm still a little bit on European time, so that's fine. It's no problem. <laughs> so good. But that means, yeah, you, you just mentioned that QED is over. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad because it was the most amazing event. Um, and I'm sure, guys, you'll join me in saying that um, this year was, you know, they outdid themselves, and it was better than last year. <laughs> More speakers more great talks just incredible mm. i'm just so inspired and uplifted and one just feel great i couldn't agree more so so what was your do you have a favorite moment andras what was your favorite moment well when andy wilson took a photo of uh, me with uh, two of my favorite female podcasters mm. yalan 11 and cara uh, santa maria <laughs> that was pretty awesome pick i have to say I think that was definitely the uh, highlight of the, the event <laughs> for me. But uh, other than that, the whole thing was massive fun. I couldn't name one part of it that, that was not interesting. Everything was interesting. The people were lovely. Uh, we met hundreds of people, literally hundreds of people, because um, according to the number the, organizer, uh, the organizers told us, there were 670 participants. Hmm. Um, including including all the speakers and participants in panel discussions. It's a huge event. It was very smoothly run. It was all the way interesting, intriguing, just really massive fun. Yeah, and I'm nodding here in agreement. I know you can't see me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's good radio. That's good radio, isn't it? Do you have a favorite moment, Jelena? Um, I think I have to say my uh, our interview with Cara uh, Santa Maria. W- w- must be it for me because I I was a little bit like I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan and I was fangirling and um, just to sit down <laughs> with her and have this this experience and she's so friendly and welcoming and open to discussion and, and just you you can just talk to her you know even though she's out there and she's such a great science, science communicator and you know, a role model like I said before um, I'm sure um but of course, there were so many wonderful talks. Oh my god! Yeah. And we've learned so much. Um, I loved the talk on sex bias. That was—I mean, come on, guys—that was incredible. <laughs> with the with the duck penises and vaginas that look like oh, that spiral things. I don't even know. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 hard to even pick one. Like you say, the the favorite. But there's so many different from different categories. The favorite talk. The favorite. The, you know person you met or whatever there's so many things what about you Pontus yeah my, my favorite it's just a snippet of a detail of a moment but it was when Tom Williamson had a had his skeptic camp talk and someone in the mm-hmm. in the audience told him <laughs> well do you know that they based an ignobel on your research and he didn't yeah, know that was amazing <laughs> and he didn't know it was awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. So that's the kind of things that happens at QED. Yeah, Skeptic Camp was awesome too. It was great. I mean, they, this was probably the greatest Skeptic Camp event before uh, QED. It's the third third year in a row, I think. But I've never seen so many people just staying around for the whole day and being so much into the old older stalks and very nice very good talks as well some spontaneous ones uh, too like uh, Leon Curtever uh, going going on the um, on the stage and talking about uh, how he's trying to uh, put together uh, 
um, a massive amount of information about European skeptical organizations on Wikipedia. And uh, Claire Klingenberg talking about uh, the European Skeptics Congress in 2017. And yeah, that's so good. Mm. I just want to quickly mention about another snippet uh, of the Skepticamp. When James Williams was giving his talk <laughs> on cannibalism, <laughs> at the end, uh, it was open to questions. And uh, um, somebody shouted, who's from the audience <laughs> look the mo most delicious to you? <laughs> and I don't think, <laughs> I don't think James actually answered that question. But it was so funny because it was such a, like, you, you can't make these things up. You can't generate, you know, on purpose, these kind of moments. But it was yeah. yeah, and then we were breaking for lunch, right? So what, what do you want to eat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the best timing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, but the, the other thing that, that I really enjoyed was, uh, was the Saturday Night Entertainment. Mm -hmm. Yes. It was super fun again with Richard Wiseman. Easy on not to mention easy on the eye, Richard Wiseman. <laughs> <laughs> We're no. gonna share the link uh, link to the video, the opening video of this year, which which was brilliant with uh, Paul Zenon <laughs> and Richard Wiseman uh, and and Michael Marshall Marsh. It was really funny. It was genuinely funny great ideas put into film so yeah it was fantastic now that we're talking about a saturday night entertainment unfortunately we didn't win an Ockham award but it was great to be nominated i think yeah. uh, and just the experience it of it you know when the, when they were announcing us uh, announcing the uh, shortlisted podcasts on the screen yeah and um, there was quite a lot of support for the european skeptics podcast in the room yeah cheering like crazy for a split second i thought oh maybe we've got a chance and then uh, you know yeah but uh we didn't but when we look through all the all the winners of the award what a great list of mm. of activism yeah is just phenomenal. Susie Gage uh, with uh, Say Why to Drugs mm -hmm. uh, won the podcast category in which we were shortlisted as well. Mm -hmm. Brit Hermes in the blog category with uh, Naturopathic Diaries. Oh, yeah, as an ex-naturopath turned skeptic trying to be the whistleblower uh, in in the field of naturopathy, it's it's even dangerous. I mean, it's absolutely amazing what she's doing. And uh, I won't forget that moment ever when I listened to her talk. I think it was on on, uh, on Saturday, wasn't it? She gave a talk, um, a keynote speech. And at the end of the, the talk, there was a standing ovation. And it was very well deserved. We did ask uh, Brit if uh, she would like to uh, give an interview to us uh, later on. So stay tuned for that because we will interview her uh, very soon. On, uh, on the ESP. The Good Thinking Society won an award for the best campaign. Of course, Marsh did an amazing job in uh, finishing funding, the homeopathy funding in NHS, and it was a well-deserved award. And because of that, I think we will not postpone any longer an interview with Simon Singh who's uh, who's the founder of the Good Thinking Society and a massive superhero mm. of British skepticism yeah. so yeah if all goes well the next episode which is going to be um, an interview episode mm. uh, will feature Simon Singh mm. and uh, that was a fourth award oh yeah that was the editor's choice the editor's choice uh, was uh, Chris Peniago yeah, and the reason stick, his uh, website, blog, and uh, very good comics as well. So it was interesting, and really for a a moment there, I really believe that we could be the awardees. Not yet, hopefully one day. And uh, even if we don't, we would like to keep on doing this. And also, I would like to thank everybody who supported us, um, all our listeners. Thank you very much for your vote. Yeah. So, because of all this, uh, this episode will be a bit irregular in the sense that uh, we will not spend too much time dwelling on uh, different hot topics ac across Europe because uh, now we have 20 different short interviews that we recorded throughout QED and uh, we would like to uh, slowly um, release those uh, interviews. And... Uh, 
we're going to have a few of them are released with this episode, mainly those with um, organisers of uh, Skepticamp and QED and, uh, of course, Susie Gage, who won the Occam's Award for her podcast, Say Why to Drugs. Slowly, we're going to uh, release all of them, trying to spread spread them out evenly. Yeah. So... Can I just quickly promote two things? Yeah, of course. So, after QED... I'm not wasting any time and I've actually booked a couple of events that that are happening in London unfortunately so so the, this is for those who are in the area um I'm going to be at a seriously suspicious conference it's it's a day event on the 26th of November in Goldsmith University and it will be a conference about uh, conspiracy theories and um everything about you know to do with conspiracy theories so I'm really looking forward to the talks there Another event I'm going to is on the 2nd of November, Jewish and Muslim Thinkers in the Islamic World by Professor Peter Adamaso. So this event will be taking place in King's College in London. And uh, also, I'm really looking forward to it. This is a very uh, difficult, you know, topic, a hot topic, whatever. Uh, So there you go. I'm going to be continuing education, (laughs) (laughs) self-education. And I'm giving a shout out to anybody who would be interested and who lives in in the area. Yeah, come and uh, come along. You know what? I might join you for one one or three of those. Yeah, you should. Yeah, but now that you mentioned uh, Goldsmith College, Mm -hmm. Chris French agreed to give us an interview on one of the upcoming shows as well. So stay tuned for that too. It's been long overdue. We are coming up to our first birthday. I mean, not us, but uh, the European Skeptics <laughs> podcast. And uh, uh, he has a hand in conceiving this podcast mm. since uh, it happened at the European Skeptics Congress that uh, he co-organized with uh, Michael Heap. And uh, the other person I approached was uh, Hayley Stevens. We don't know yet uh, when uh, Hayley Stevens is coming on the show. But yeah, just uh, to give you a heads up, dear listeners, of uh, what to expect in the next couple of months. Okay, but uh, let's concentrate on what we're going to do now on this episode. And uh, if we're all ready, we can start the show. We are. Uh, Let's start with the usual on this day with none other than Yelena Levin. I will be talking about somebody who was born on uh, October 24th, 1632. And his name is... Oh dear, if I only pronounce it right. Anthony von Leeuwenhoek. Um, well, so some people call him a somewhat improbable father of microbiology. He actually used to be an owner of a textile business. Um, and what he did, he learned how to make his own unique microscopes. Um, nobody knew how he did it. He kept it in secret. But he basically um, managed to make the microscopes effective enough to see small organisms. And one of his most exciting discoveries was the fact that in uh, 1674, when he was 41 years old, he discovered a single-cell life form. This discovery hasn't been acknowledged by the scientists at the time. For the, for the three years, nobody wants, wanted to believe him, until it, it has been confirmed um, by Hooke another science from Royal Society. And in 1677, they finally accepted that there are indeed single-cell cell, um, organisms that exist. And he's also done some research into looking at red blood cells and um, measuring their um, how big they are, uh, etc. Um, and then after that, he has discovered a bacteria, bacteria in water. And... Um, Amongst other things, he also observed the life cycle of maggots and fleas, um, proving uh, that such creatures are not spontaneously generated because they were so small and there weren't any instruments to observe the life cycle before. It was easy to assume that they just appeared out of nowhere. (laughs) Um, But um, possessing a a powerful microscope, he could uh, obviously uh, see the life cycle of, of uh, of these little creatures. Cool. Yeah, so he showed these creatures go through a process of reproduction from eggs to maggots to pupae. You know what else he um, observed under the microscope? Uh, now that you're talking about reproduction? he uh, Yes, he observed the spermatosa. Yeah, uh, basically sperm cells. Yeah. S- sperm cells. And then he later also concluded that eggs are fertilized when entered by sperm. 
Which there was a really interesting talk at QED about. So um, if QED <laughs> if QED will publish that talks on YouTube, that's the one to look out for. Among all all the discoveries he made and all the observations that he made, yeah, this is the one I found the most interesting. Yeah, because of the question, what was his way of um, acquiring the sample? I can well, I can think of few. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> easily at hand. I think. <laughs> <laughs> This is so bad, guys. I mean, I'm not uh, questioning it uh, and uh, the validity yeah. of it. He's scienti- You're not questioning his but scientific when, methods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. He was just bored in the laboratory <laughs> one day. <laughs> you know, one thing led to another, and then you know. <laughs> you know, when 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 your uh, inquisitiveness uh, reaches that level, yeah. that well, he <laughs> jerking he... off. You just you just want to pop it under the microscope. Yeah, that's that's just. <laughs> brilliant but he he's actually never formally received uh, scientific training and yet his inquisitiveness like you said uh led him to to do all this research and uh, he's been accepted uh by the royal society uh science society in london as a as their fellow and he said that my work which i've done for a long time was not pursued in order to gain the praise i now enjoy but chiefly from a craving after knowledge which i notice resides in me more than in most other men and therewithal, whenever I found out anything re- remarkable, I have thought it my duty to put down my discovery on paper so that all ingenious people might be informed thereof. So uh, he was driven purely by uh, this desire to know more and discover more, which was I thought was pretty great. Um, yeah, so that's, um, that's Antony. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last, last name. Anthony Van. <laughs> Anthony Van, the guy with the microscope. You know, the microscope guy. And he is also, um, sorry, I forgot to mention his origins. Um, he was Dutch tra- tradesman and scientist. Hence the weird name. Yeah, unpronounceable names there, as I can remember. <laughs> Actually, when you go on Wikipedia, you can download you can. the sound file. Yeah, I've tried to listen. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I've tried to listen to somebody pronouncing his name. It, it's not doing it for me. So okay, <laughs> thank you very much, Yelena, and happy birthday, Mister Anthony. Anthony. Anthony Van. <laughs> and thanks for the micro- microscope. By the way, it's an important thing that you mentioned that um, it was done exclusively out of curiosity. Yep. This is. This is what's the best driving force. Behind, I think so, and I think beyond science. Yeah, and I think kids do need to be inspired to be curious, and and somewhat I think curiosity in some schools. I'm not saying in all schools, being trampled yeah. by the system, and it's a bit sad. This is what is uh, what students get rid of, or uh, I mean, I mean they're they're nurtured out of this, yeah. uh, this uh, innate curiosity and that's right, the, the drive to to discover everything and to to find answers in the world. Yeah, you're just uh, being trained out of it. Yeah, actually, please don't, people. <laughs> yeah, encourage your kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, have yeah, you yeah. Pontus? Have you done a good job with your kids? Are they curious? Yeah. Yes, a few of them, you know, I have a, <laughs> a, few have, I have a bunch. A few of them. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing you've got many, then some of them yeah, will be you, curious. You have to fail some sometimes. Mm. <laughs> are, your, are your twins identical twins? No, no, they are, they are not. No, they're not. No. Okay. So they're pretty different okay. in, in both uh, the way they are and the way they look. And so people don't realize that they're twins. When people find out I have a twin sister... How many times I get the question whether we are... Whether you are identical. Uh, identical. Oh, fuck. Did you not go to school? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yep. Ignorance rules. See see what happens in the US very soon. Thank you very much again. So, Pleasure. let's uh, move on to discussing events that are happening in the coming week across Europe. On Monday, uh, the 24th of October, in Glasgow, uh, Caroline Watt will do a repeat of her the, the talk that she did the night before QED in, in Manchester. It's called Investigating the Impossible, 30 Years at the Kustler Parapsychology Unit. And so this is from Edinburgh uh, University. It was very good, so go and see that. I saw it uh, before. Uh, in Sheffield, same day, there's a talk called What's the Matter with Dave Salman, 
And uh, the matter in this case is the dark matter. So he's going to talk about dark matter. On the 25th of October, I've got a few events that ha that's happening in England. There will be a talk in Cambridge and it's titled Imagination and Cognitive Development in Children with Sarah Beck. One more for you on the same day in Cheltenham, Blame the Brain with Professor Gina Rippon. Last but not least, a talk in York, Skeptics in a Pub with Dr. Tom Dugmore, Food Waste to Fuel the Future. And on the following day, on the 26th of October, there are four different events happening across the United Kingdom. Um, and one of them is Talk and Trend. Kevin Precious uh, will give a talk titled A Former RE Teacher's Guide to Non-Belief. Then um, it's Eastbourne Skeptics, where Professor Susan Bewley will talk about reproductive ageing and fertility myths, which is also interesting. Uh, Bristol Skeptics in the pub, however, uh, will have a new speaker because uh, due to some unforeseen circumstances, the speaker uh, could not uh, be there. Uh, but uh, stay tuned because um, someone else will take the, the former speaker's place. And Lewis, Skeptics in the Pub, will feature Beth Miller, who will talk about Shakespeare and uh, making stuff up. It would be interesting to go along, and uh, I might. Interesting. Shakespeare. Yep. Then we go to Thursday, the 27th of October. And uh, in Malmö, there will be, in Malmö, Sweden, there will be a, a Skeptics in the Pub that I will attend called Search Dogs Gone Astray? Question mark. So this is about uh, if uh, whether or not we put too much trust in in uh, search dogs or sniffer dogs, if if they actually can do all that we believe they can, or if it's just confirmation bias to some extent. In Edinburgh, same day, uh, there is the Skeptics Cinema who presents Burke and Hare, and this is part of the Edinburgh uh, Horror Festival. Aberdeen Skeptics in the Pub, Dr. Douglas Martin on the origin of stereotypes is on the same day. And at the same time in Winchester, there's a Skeptics in the Pub, Barnaby Twaits and Marshall van Limbeck, Psychoacoustics, Dynamic Musical Demonstrations. And on Sunday, at the end of the month, 30th of October, ooh, Halloween is coming. Um, in Edinburgh, there will be a Halloween special called Devil's Advocate. Um, it uh, is a an original comedy panel game show, apparently. I did not know that. And it sounds very interesting. And there is one more thing that is not happening in the U in uh, Europe, okay. But in the United States, but uh, since uh, there are e European skeptics involved as well, some European skeptics, so some skeptics from Europe, um, are involved as well. Um, I I would like to ask uh, listeners who who might be there to write us about uh, how it went. It's uh, CSICon Las Vegas. Which is a, a huge, a massive event in Las Vegas, mm, mm. including uh, speakers like uh, Richard Dawkins, uh, Jill Tarter, Eugenie Scott, mm. and James the Amazing Randy. Excellent. And uh, I approached Barry Carr from CSI. We agreed that we would would do an interview beforehand, but uh, unfortunately, due to his duties um, around organizing the conference, um, he couldn't couldn't make it. So we will probably have an interview with him uh, sometime later. The reason for that being he is uh, well acquainted. Uh, with uh, many, many skeptic, uh, skeptics across Europe. Um, he even wrote an article back in the 1990s um, about uh, skepticism across Europe. And uh, this was basically the original thing that we wanted to talk about uh, with him. Um, see how it goes. And now we can talk about um, CSI Khan as well when he manage, manages to, to come to the show. So, thank you very much. Um, Looking through the, the the calendar, it looks very UK heavy again, but um, we couldn't find any more uh, skeptics in the pub events happening across Europe. So, please, dear listeners, if you have something uh, that you're organizing, if you have something you plan for the future, please, please, please let us know that we can, so that we can share it with others. Uh, you can get in touch with us by um, emailing us. Our email address is info at theesp.eu and uh, you can follow us on Twitter 
Twitter handle is at espodcast underscore you. And you can like us on Facebook or if you go to our website, which is theesp.eu, you can fill in the contact form. All right, let's move on. Since uh, this week we have a lot of interesting interviews, short interviews that we recorded for you uh, at uh, QED, we will not feature um, any hot topics across Europe uh, this time. But uh, that doesn't mean that we're uh, losing that segment forever. Uh, we're going to have a lot of things to talk about on upcoming episodes. So stay tuned for those. But uh, now is the time to have a good listen to what we have recorded at QED. So we're here, here at Saturday night uh, with uh, Susie Gates, who won an Ockham Award for Best Podcast. How are you? Congratulations. Thank you very much. It's absolutely amazing. Um, I feel completely honoured and the competition was extremely tough, so I feel especially honoured. So your, your podcast is called Say Why to Drugs, That's right, right yeah. So it's an episodic podcast where in each episode I talk to rapper Scroobius Pip about a different recreational drug and we discuss the science around it, so what's known and what isn't known and some of the myths surrounding it um, that kind of thing but it's it's not a pro-drugs podcast it's not an anti-drugs podcast it's kind of just trying to cut through the spin and the hyperbole and the judgment and just stick to what we actually know to, to facts science. and yeah. science yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and how did the idea of the podcast came about in the first instance? So I, I took part in an event called I'm a Scientist, Get Me Out of Here. At the really? Of I didn't PhD. know there one. Yeah, uh, it's run, um, it's a, yeah, an amazing organisation in the UK and what they do is they pit um, a load of scientists have to go in a sort of answer questions from the harshest critics school children and the school children decide sort of who they think is their favorite scientist and the winner of, of the zone that they're in gets some money to spend on the science communication pro- project and the project that I wanted to do was make these podcasts aimed at teenagers sort of talking about recreational drugs because there's so much misinformation out there about it um, and getting Pip involved was incredibly lucky because uh, I was a guest on his podcast Distraction Pieces last summer and I just mentioned the idea that I had to do this podcast and he first of all went oh you should call them Say Why to Drugs which was great I've been spending three years trying to think of a good name for my podcast he came up with it in five minutes yeah yeah, yeah. there's and, always one person yeah. yeah and then he was like oh and you should do it talking to someone who's sort of interested in the topic but not an expert yeah. and if you want that can be me yeah. and, uh, and then we just started recording them and the dynamic worked really well and yeah so it just sort of went from there really Amazing. So, so what's how, how do you, what's the plans now? You you you. How often do you uh, release a new episode and what? Yeah. So there's episodes every two weeks. Um, there's ten episodes and one bonus episode up at the moment. And um, in fact, three days ago I met up with Pip and we've recorded another six. So there should be episodes until at least the beginning of the new year. We're covering a load more different recreational drugs. So yeah. Great. How many are there? I wonder. Well, I, I, it's difficult. Like people have messaged me saying, "Oh, can you do an episode about sugar?" Or can you do an episode about uh, antidepressants? Or sort of prescribed uh, sort of um, things like prescribed opiates and that kind of thing. So potentially we've got a lot of expansion to do. I think yeah, yeah, we might yeah. be going for a while. Yeah. I mean, because you're right. I mean, my first in- instinct was, you know, when you, when you hear drugs, you go alcohol, uh, cannabis, uh, heroin, all, all these kind of. Yeah. But actually, sugar. Yeah. Absolutely, and other kind of things that you don't actually think as drugs. But I'm really glad you said alcohol then, because certainly in the UK, it's oh, like yeah, yeah. alcohol isn't really seen as a drug. It's seen as a I drink. totally accept the fact that it is, and you know, yeah. just like normal cigarettes and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah. Well, we've also just recorded an episode on caffeine, which is another thing that's sometimes not really seen as a drug but yep. yeah uh, I don't know if you heard the earlier talk um, when Dr. Carl said that um, the reality for those who can't handle drugs and uh, if you can't handle drugs then you know alright <laughs> so okay so congratulations again and, and good luck with the future thank podcast. you so much well done thanks a lot thank, thank you. you thanks very much 
All right, so on the last day of QED, of course, we'll need to catch everybody who's been around here. And we've talked a lot to visitors, we've talked to, to people who have been presented, but I think we need to get the organizer angle. So I have here uh, Steve Malone, who has been, you're with the Manchester Skeptics. No, 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 no I'm not. I'm an Irish blow-in, but I am probably the, the the most busy of the volunteers. Oh right, okay. You seem so uh, at home here, and you have. I've seen you run around like crazy, making sure everything works, making people get in and out of the of the rooms in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, basically, uh, I have worked at conventions of different types, science fiction and music and so on, for many years. I understand it from an organizer's point of view, but with this festival or convention i don't have to uh do any organizing i just turn up on the day when everybody else has done all the work in the background all the preparation and planning and all i have to do is make sure that the people who are very kind enough to share some of their time that they paid for to be here and actually volunteer for some work i tell them what to do and how to do it and everybody works together and it works very easily yeah, it has been very well organized, hasn't it? I mean, uh, it seems to be that, that the organizers here, they don't leave anything to chance. They have thought of almost everything. I well, think. it is our sixth year and uh, it's the fourth time we've been in this particular venue. So we know where we're going. We know where things are and how to move things and how to make things happen properly. And from every year, we've relied on the feedback from the people who come to QED to let us know what did we get wrong? What could we do better? What did we get right? Mm. And every year we add to our knowledge. We're skeptics, we're rationalists, yeah. we're logical. Yeah. We learn from our mistakes. Yeah. But, but as a volunteer, you're, you're still a regular a attendee, right? So, Oh, very much so, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I come here every year, but um, I get to see a lot of the talks. But I do, um, as I say, just a lot of little checking up on people. If you start the wheel spinning or a plate spinning, you don't have to keep spinning it yourself. You can let it go for a while uh, and just check it every now and then and give it a quick tap and it'll get faster again. So of the things that you have had the chance to see this year, what what's your favourite? Without a doubt, Grace Petrie, hmm? my absolute favourite. Ah, the music. Uh, the music on Saturday night. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was fantastic. I, I do regret. I, I wanted to buy her CDs, but... I was too late. She's she available online. Grace I, I will, look, I will actually online. look her up. Give her a link now. She was yeah. fantastic. <laughs> she sat at our table during the, the during the gala the, dinner, the dinner. Yeah. and I didn't realize who she was. But just you know, nice. She's just a nice person. Nice to talk person, to. and then yeah. she got on the stage and she blew the room away. Fantastic. I had tears pouring down my cheeks for most of her set, yeah. because she plays a very good mixture of Tori Amos and Billy Bragg. She's very political, but she's very much from the heart. Yeah. And she knows what she's doing when it comes to music. And so for me, it affected me very strongly. So I love that. But we had so many good talks that it would be hard to pick any one particular talk out. Apart, of course, from the, um, the uh, sex and science uh, talk, which was rather interesting. But um, I only catch snippets of talks. I get maybe 10 minutes out of an hour. Um, Instead, I wait for the DVD to come out, and then I enjoy everything that I miss. There will be a DVD. I can't say that definitively. I'm not an organizer. I'm only All a volunteer, right. so, so I don't know. You heard the rumors. You heard the rumors here first. There may be a DVD. If there's not a DVD, there will definitely be panels and discussions and so on put onto YouTube, which there have been for every year. So there will be a flavor of it available for people anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 very good. And and. It's very fitting that you you misspoke and you call it a festival. I think yeah. with with the music example and with this, the, the 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 feeling and the the camaraderie and the, yeah. and the people getting around and bar, it is like a festival. I, I it, agree. It, it feels like a festival of rationality for me, definitely. Festival of rationality. I like that because we a lot of the people who come along. Um, it was very instructive for us at the end of this evening when uh, Mr. Marsh asked how many people have been here for the first time to raise their hands. Mm. And we had a good 200 people in the room mm. had been here for the very first time. Mm. And then it broke down to see how many people had been here three years or four years or five years or six years. And a lot of these people we meet once a year. 
and then they go to live in London and I go back to live in Ireland and somebody else goes over to live in Copenhagen or wherever and they all keep in touch but only once a year do we get to see each other and it's it's nice meeting your tribe <laughs> it is really very much so looking forward to seeing you next year of course and uh, here's to QED 2017 indeed we Slaunter. have our beer here so let's say cheers Slaunter. Here we are on the Sunday afternoon, which is uh, slightly before the Sunday talks uh, commence. And I'm sitting here with Chris Higgins. Hi, Chris. Hey, man. How you doing? Yeah, where are you? Yeah, really good. Tired. Uh, <laughs> I, I imagine you would. Um, but you, you're not only a spectator here. You, you took on uh, quite, quite a large task of uh, running the Friday event, which, which was the Skeptic Camp. Yeah, so the guys from, from, from QED, the, the QED organizers, want to kind of open out QED as much as possible and, and make it as, as big and, and full an event as, as they possibly can. So um, we don't commit to actually having like a full roster on a on a Friday, but having something like a Skepta Camp where people can come and talk about you know their own ideas and, and put presentations forward and stuff like that is a really, really nice way of... Um, just getting people involved in the community, a bit of, of sort of outreach, um, people networking, meeting each other. Um, it's fantastic. We had a really, really good time. Yeah, and, and the turnout was fantastic. I I, I noticed that um, it's it's really growing by the year. Yeah, last year I think the room was a bit bigger, but people seemed to come in and out all day. It was still packed last year, but but people seemed to come in and out. Um, this year it was it was chockers the whole day. After lunch was standing room only, and I think I was talking to to Andy, and and he kind of thinks it's 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 kind of become a thing now. After three years, it's there is officially a third day of QED, but it's it's the first day. Um, so yeah, people know and they they know to get here. Here for, for the morning and and to come in and there's going to be talks all day great and and uh, how did you start the whole thing um, you you started it yourself three years ago no so I, I've done quite a few skeptic camps before I've done one in Melbourne uh, and I've done one in London when I first moved to the UK um, and uh, James and Liz from the Pond Delusion did the first skeptic camp at QED uh, three years ago um, and then last year they they were unavailable and um, and Marsh called me and said hey do, do you want to do this thing and I was like sure uh, so it just kind of goes from there fantastic and uh, whereabouts whereabouts are you from uh, I'm an Aussie I'm a Melbourne boy originally um, mm -hmm. but yeah now now I live in the UK wonderful and um, are you gonna host another Skeptic Camp next next year I think so. I hope so. It's 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 a lot of fun. Um, I think we should do one down south as well. I might have to uh, get some people together and maybe do one closer to town. Do another one in London. Um, but I would I would love to do one next year because it just kind of keeps getting bigger and better. And the presentations this year, the speakers were phenomenal. There were so many good talks. Um, we even had a musical act, which was amazing. <laughs> it really was. It, it was absolutely fantastic and uh, and uh, highly entertaining. <laughs> yeah, agreed. There's there's nothing like a bit of uh, a bit of the West End. Uh, uh, brought to Manchester <laughs> to really sort of amp up schedule camp. It was really good. Well, thank you very much uh, for your time, and uh, I'll let you enjoy the, the rest of the afternoon. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Bye. Okay, these are really the final moments. The the, the, the the big room, the international suite is empty. People are leaving the building, and uh, but there are still a lot of people hanging around the bar. Uh, and I am here with um, two very nice people. One of them is Vera de Kock from um, the Netherlands. Yeah. And uh, the other one is none other than Matt Parker, who was the MC of the weekend. Wow. Yeah, I was the host, so my job was to bring people up on stage and then make sure the audience behave themselves. And nothing went wrong, so actually it's an easy job <laughs> if nothing goes wrong, if suddenly like the projector breaks or the technology goes wrong, then I have to get up and deal with the audience while they're fixing it. But that didn't happen, so I had a nice easy ride. Yeah, actually, it was it was pretty phenomenal that no glitches whatsoever. Oh, it was very slick. The tech guys here were very, very good. And they even had cameras tracking the people on stage. And they had three different screens they were controlling, some with slides, some with the video feeds. But they, they got in a proper, you know, crew of people who knew what they were doing. And it was, they really nailed the tech. It was good. Oh. Um, in the end, in the closing remarks, there was a question. Um, Mike Hall asked the, the audience how many times the people uh, have people attended QED. What about you? 
I have been three times, which I think is almost exactly 50% of the number of QED. <laughs> so I was here at the very first one in 2011. I think, I can't I should check. I think I was doing part of the entertainment in the evening. Um, and, I th and then I was around for the rest of the conference. And then I missed three years. Last year, my wife, uh, Professor Lucy Green, who's a solar physicist, was at QED doing a talk. And so I got to be her plus one, right? So I was like, <laughs> actually, I was her science roadie. So I had to bring her laptop and plug it in and make sure it worked and, and do all of that. Whereas this year, they, they emailed me maybe six months ago and said, would you like to come and host? And I was like, well, that'd be great fun. So I can come, I can introduce speakers, I don't have to do a talk, and I can just enjoy the, enjoy the QED con experience. And um, originally, uh, I mean, in your normal life, um, you're a math guy. Yes, so I used to be a high school math teacher and then I moved into wider mathematics communication. So my job is to get more people more excited about mathematics if it's through radio or TV or books or live shows or anything, just to get people, you know, enjoying more math. And uh, if someone is not familiar with your works, uh, where can where can they find out more? So if you go to YouTube and put uh, the word mathematics into it, then no. So I do a lot of YouTube stuff. So I'm on a channel called Number File on YouTube, uh, which is me and a lot of other mathematicians. And I'm on another channel called Stand Up Maths, which is just me doing my bits of maths. And so if you look for interesting bits of, of mathematics on YouTube, you'll find me pretty quickly. For everything else, I mean, my book is on Amazon and. And uh, I, I'm very easy. I'm, if you can't find me on Google, then you're doing something wrong. That's <laughs> great. And um, I, I left you to the end because I, I can know you uh, from Guerrilla Skepticism on Wikipedia. I'm talking to Vera. Um, so what is in skeptical activism exactly that you are doing? Um, well, I edit Wikipedia quite a bit. Um, I go to scholarly events and take the portrait photography of the sorts of people that don't often have people following them around taking pictures of them, like philosophers, psychologists, uh, biologists, and any other profession that has ist to the end of its name. Um, Last weekend I also did comic art book artists, um, <laughs> but those th th those don't have public performances all that often either. Have you taken a photo of Matt during the weekend? Oh, I I'm pretty sure he likes being being photographed. But <laughs> I've been very lazy this weekend. Like there are other Wikipedia people from GSOW around this weekend, and I've got such a backlog of pictures I still have to upload that I didn't even bring along a camera. Uh, I did make sure that Matt Parker's Wikipedia article had a picture with it uh, about half a year ago when I was coincidentally looking at his Wikipedia article I saw there wasn't any and I went to look when I when whenever I see a biographical Wikipedia article I go to look on Flickr to see if there's a freely licensed picture of that person there wasn't but I did see that our fellow GSOW member uh, Rob uh, I forget his last name momentarily <laughs> Rob McDermott, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that he had been to an event where Matt had performed as a stand-up mathematician. So I messaged him through Facebook to ask him if he, ha he was okay with publishing a, a picture of Matt under a free license. So that's how we collaborated to illustrate his Wikipedia article. And you Wonderful. Came up to me and said, "Hey, I'm the person who put the picture yeah. on your article because you're not allowed to do your own article." Yeah, I had tweeted at Matt at the time that I had done so, so that you know, spread the word about people editing Wikipedia. Yeah, I think it's important because you know people don't connect with someone the same if they can't see them, and so to make sure scientists and engineers and even your comic book artists, all these people have photos on Wikipedia, I think it's, it's really important in making them seem more human and something other people can you know aspire to do. Cool, well both of you keep up the good work, it's been lovely to see you, see you um, here and uh, hope to see you again next year or even earlier than that if we manage to uh, bump into each other at some other skeptical event. Absolutely, see you soon. See you next year.
before I'm hitting the road, um, I managed to uh, grab the attention of Michael Marshall, a.k.a. Marsh, from the Good Thinking Society, and he, who's also uh, on the organizing committee of QED. Hello, hi Andres, how are you doing? Very well, and I'm, I'm both sad and very happy. Very happy because this weekend was a blast. And I'm very sad that I have to leave uh, in about five minutes from now. But uh, how do you see uh, QED uh, now that it's over? Uh, I think it went all right, didn't it? I think that was fine. I think we had a lot of people here. Um, what I really like about it is well, we've, we've run five, six rooms for the first time ever at the same time. I don't think there's any uh, other conference I can think of that would be as ridiculous and, uh, and insane as to run five or six different tracks all at the same time. But every room I've been in has been full, uh, which is just a testament, first of all, to uh, the balance that we've got on the, uh, the schedules. That we, you, you can't go into a room without it being something interesting on. So people want to go to every different thing. It's also a testament to the fact that there are so many people here. Uh, but it's all gone fairly smoothly, I think. Uh, it's, it's been on time. Uh, it's been kind of uh, fairly regimented. We've had volunteers like yourself making everything uh, run smoothly for us. Uh, yeah, thanks for How have you enjoyed QED? I, I enjoyed it immensely and uh, my um, observation is that it, it gets better every year and I, I don't know how you guys can manage that. I don't know how uh, us guys can manage making it better next year, uh, <laughs> but that's our, that's our challenge that we will take up in about three months time once we all have our brains back. But yeah, I think this has felt like the best QD we've ever done. I think that's because we've got so many people here, but they're also so enthusiastic. Uh, people want this event to do well, they want to be part of this event, they want to make it the best that it can be. And that is what makes the, uh, the QD experience uh, really for me. That's what makes it valuable. You know, it's that everybody wants to be part of this community, everybody wants to... Uh, help each other out. You know, we have so many people who volunteered to make things work, but we also had a lot of people just walking up and saying, do you need me to do anything? And how many festivals and how many conferences do you get where someone has paid their ticket price and says, can I give you some of the time that I've paid for to make this work better? But I think that's what QD kind of uh, relies on, and it's, it's the feeling that we wanted to engender in the, in the community. Community is the key word, is yeah. that this feels like a community event. It's a massive community event, and it's a massive community, but everyone feels like we are all part of the same thing, all pulling in the same direction and all trying to, as Grace Petrie said when she was on stage, all trying to make the world a slightly better place. And I think this uh, conference, more than any other one we've run, feels like it's had that vibe to it. And uh, I, I have to add that uh, the very fact that it wasn't visible how much work it was put into it uh, <laughs> proves very well how, how nicely and how much work actually went into it. So I'd like to thank you for, for uh, thank all of you actually uh, for, for this and uh, hope, hope that you will have the strength and the stamina to, to, to do another one next year and uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn uh, from my fellow organisers in saying that we are uh, looking ahead to next year and all, are already starting to think about dates and stuff like that. Um, I think this has been enough of a success. Uh, that uh, I mean, we are, we are at the, the biggest I think we can be now. I don't think we can uh, logistically get any bigger than this. I think we... I don't know, but we might be. I'm not sure. We might be the biggest sceptical conference in the world. I genuinely don't know. Uh, currently, currently operating I genuinely don't know but at 670 people that were here um, you've got to go pretty big to, to beat that and again that just shows the, uh, how uh, much enthusiasm people have for this that uh, so many people would come along there were so many people here for the first time and uh, hopefully it won't be their last time Marsh thank you very much again thank you So that the, uh, the, the episode is not uh, getting too long, uh, we are now finishing it with a quote that Jelena brought to us. Yes, I am super excited about this quote because I finally found a quote from a woman. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. They are rare to find, just like diamonds. Um, but she also has to be from Europe. That's another problem I have. Unlike diamonds, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, it's a, a writer called Agatha Mary. Clarissa Christie. Many know her as a crime novelist. Um, she said, Everything must be taken into account. If the fact will not fit the theory, let the theory go. I think she got that one right. Yes, absolutely. Good author. Absolutely. I, I, one of the first uh, authors that I read in English when I was, I think, mm. 13 or 12 or 13. And I read mm. the whole, you know, whole stack of books that I found in my father's uh, library. Yeah.
very good. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. Your father read in English as well. Sometimes then. he did, yes. Mm, wow. That's pretty good. Uh, Swedish people keep amazing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I think this is the best uh, we can finish up with. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was fun as always. Thank you very, very much for joining me again. Indeed. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks a lot. It's it's very sad that we can't record in the same room anymore because it was really fun at the QED. But um, we'll do it again. Know. We'll do it again. To, yeah, we'll do it again, and uh, some some other things that we have planned for the for, for yeah. the future for yeah. our listeners. So uh, yeah, but we're not gonna really reveal those plans just yet. Uh, however, if I manage to do this, I will release that um, talk that uh, Pontus recorded at uh, Skeptic Camp. Awesome! So it's going to be put up on our brand new YouTube YouTube channel. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's definitely a worthwhile talk. Um, and Thank you. Well done, Andres, again. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much again. Thanks a lot. Thank you and goodbye. Bye-bye. And until next time, goodbye. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Rob and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe. Uh, Anthony van Leeuwenhoek. Leeuwenhoek? Leeuwenhoek. Anthony van Leeuwenhoek. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go I'm going to go with that. Pontus, do you want to do you want to want to have a go? No, no, I think you're doing fine. Go on. Actually, it sounded a bit weird. After Caroline Watt, mm-hmm. a talk titled What's the Matter? Uh, oh, sorry. Uh... <laughs>